Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, November 22nd, 2021. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. It's my partner's birthday. Oh, happy birthday to your partner who you, you never talk about yep. other than saying my partner. <laughs> yep. So I know nothing about your partner, okay, even gotta, their name. Gotta keep everything private. There you go. I mean, It's the I one thought- thing in my life. I thought we were friends, but that's fine. I am back in Florida. Oh. I'm back in Florida for, uh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm at home for one night. I will be in Fort Myer for the next uh, couple days covering some basketball. I'm doing what? Covering basketball. What? But this is Thanksgiving week, so we're going to be doing a little bit of different programming throughout the rest of this week. But we will True. have programming every single day in the Today on Broadway spot. And if anything major happens in which we have to break in to do a Today on Broadway, we will. I don't yeah, know what I the heck not. that might be. <laughs> yeah, right. But, um, but I know tomorrow, Ashley, you were going to run everybody through some reviews, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. And that will also serve as half of the episode. The other half will be you and me having a conversation about my second week of my New York yeah. trip. Um, so we're going to record that tonight, and that'll be a part of Tuesday's episode. Of course, you can hear that first if you head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. And if you are already a Patreon member, you heard a really, really interesting this week on Broadway before anybody else. Two major things to take away from. First off, they talked about um, Trouble in Mind. They talked about the Tick, Tick, Boom movie. Yeah. Um, mornings at 7. But the two major things, and hear me out here. Okay. The legendary theater critic and raconteur Peter Felicia mm-hmm. ma- made a strong case that people needed to give Diana a chance. He said that it was not nearly mm. as bad as some of the reviews made it out to be. Obviously, there are tons of people on the Twitter machine who are dying for this show. Like, mm-hmm. love it. Casey Mink, uh, our friend Casey Mink, is yep. like obsessed with it. So... I think that they might have a, you know, Casey might have a different perspective as to why she likes it than Peter thinks people should give it a chance. But there are people that are finding value in that show. Exactly. Um, And I think it has something to do with the fact that there's an audience. And, like, um, the the Netflix thing is very, you know, it's just a straightforward performance, no audience reactions. And I think that that has a lot to do with how people can appreciate some of the the wilder swings um, in there. And the that's other what Grace and I talked about the other day, yeah. too, on opening. was like, obviously, this is a mess of a musical, but it one, it needs an audience. It can't just be seen on streaming. And two, the audience is going there with that kind of in mind of like this cult camp mm-hmm. musical, even though it wasn't supposed to be either of those <laughs> things, but is now. So, I mean, they either have to play it that way, I guess, and be a little bit offensive that way versus the actual reality of the situation. Yeah, the, the I have no intention of seeing it ever. I have way too bad of secondhand embarrassment, so I <laughs> yeah, don't need to see it. Same. The other thing on this week on Broadway that I wanted to mention, Jenna Tessa Fox gave an absolutely glowing review of Colored Water at the Public Theater. Grace and I talked about those reviews last week. In fact, Peter Felicia called Jenna's review, quote, the most elo- one of the most eloquent pieces of reviewing that I've ever heard. Beautiful. Um, so, so if Deserved. you haven't, yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode, do that. If you haven't seen Colored Water at the Public, make sure you do. All right. So 
on thir- Friday's episode, I gave my personal review for Trouble in Mind, and I mm. said that we would be giving, um, running through the rest of the reviews um, on today's episode. Of course, Trouble in Mind is Roundabout's um, latest show at the American Airlines Theater. This show was supposed to originally come to Broadway in 1955, but playwright Alice Childress refused to tone down her criticisms of racism in the American theater, so mm-hmm. it never actually got brought to the main stem. This production is directed by Charles Randolph Wright and features a phenomenal cast led by Lashans, as will Letta Mayer, Chuck Cooper, Michael Zegan um, from uh, The Fabulous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, mm-hmm. Also has a ton of other great folks that you have probably seen on television quite a bit. Um, and I, of course, raved about it, so you can go back to Friday's episode and hear my thoughts. But let's start with Jesse Green of the New York Times, who made the show a critic's pick. He said, quote, for sheer crackling timeliness, the play most of the moment is in fact the oldest. Alice Childress's Trouble in Mind, which opened on Thursday at the American Airlines Theater. Originally produced in 1955 in Greenwich Village, but derailed on its path to becoming the first play by a black woman to reach Broadway, a distinction that went to Lorraine Hansberry's uh, A Raisin in the Sun four years later, obviously. It is only now getting the mainstream attention that it deserves in a roundabout production that does justice to its complexity. Now, actually, in my Mm. review, I said the best thing about it was its complexity, because Mm. there are no easy answers. And for a show that's, you know, 60 something years old, you think, oh, okay, things, they were maybe a little bit more straightforward. They would just kind of like come out and hit you over the head with a message. In fact, they make a joke about how awful plays are that hit you over the head with a message. (laughs) So I love that all of the characters, white and black in the show, um, had legitimately understandable perspectives on this topic. And I think that's the the complexity that Jesse Green was talking about. Mm Ayanna Prescott, writing for Variety, said, quote, At the center of trouble in mind is Willetta Mayer, Lashans, a veteran African-American actress who dreams of starring in a role of substance, but has spent her entire career playing stereotypical black characters. A performer best known for her work in musicals, Lashans is this production's heartbeat. In her first lead role in a Broadway play, first off, she needs to do more. That's my aside. Um, Lashans delicately embodies a middle-aged woman who deeply loves an art form that ignores her. In an instant, she transforms from the child like act Willetta puts on for her white director to the strong facade she projects for her black castmates. Yeah. It really uh, Lashans is giving a tour de force performance in this and I would be shocked if she does not receive a Tony nomination for oh, this. Better. She absolutely should and given what else might be coming and how they're reviewed, she very well could be a favorite for that award mm. come whenever the hell we have the next Tony Award. <laughs> Adam Feldman for Time Out New York uh, gave the show four to five stars and he said, quote, Trouble in Mind puts its main spotlight on Lashans, who holds the play firmly in hand. She is this production's other revelation. Although she has played serious roles in musicals over the course of her 35-year career, this is the first time that she has led a, a Broadway play. We know we, we heard that already. I want to be an actress, says Willetta. Hell, I'm gonna be one. You hear me? And an actress Lashans proves herself to be, and not just when she's singing. She does sing a little bit, as does Chuck Cooper in the show. Um, but Adam finishes with, and a hell of a good one at that. I think the entire cast mm. was expertly put together um, from names that you know into names that you don't. Yeah. Um, I really got to give a lot of credit to Michael Zegan, who has done a ton of off-Broadway stuff, but is known for Fabulous Mrs. Maisel more than anything. Mm-hmm. 
think mm-hmm. he more than provides an excellent foil for Lashans. And as I said with Grace last week, even though he kind of exhibits some of the male auteur awfulness that we are trying to get out of theater, he actually does seem to care about the racism in theater. And even though he doesn't agree on how to tackle it um, with Willetta Lashans' character, he does have a point. Um, so I think this is a really interesting show, a really good show. And I really highly recommend that everybody takes a chance to see it at the American airlines theater before it closes on January 9th. Yeah. A little too early. Hopefully. I, I mean, it can't get an extension because something's going in right after. Yeah, Maybe, a, maybe a week or two. They always, yeah. yeah they, I think, is that where um, birthday candles is going? I think that's when, yeah, that's where birthday candles is going. I can't remember if it's that yeah. right after, but I'm pretty they sure. Usually, they usually build in a couple weeks where they can extend yeah. if they want to, maybe till the end of January. Cause mm-hmm. uh, I would imagine birthday candles probably start sometime in March and you only really need a month to, to load out, load in and do all the tech mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. I was supposed to see this for the Wednesday. Wednesday matinee and had to bump it because I was really not feeling well and also was just completely bombarded with work um, but thankfully have it rescheduled and this is kind of one of those things I mean you talked about the history of it and how it got derailed I mean the fact that one it's so complex and two so (laughs) prescient that a a play that should have premiered 60 years ago at this point um, essentially needs no changes and is one yeah. of the best things that's on Broadway this season. Absolutely. And I, from what there's no one credited for rewrites or anything. So as far as mm-hmm. I know, I don't know. And you know what? I'm going to say that. Um, LaShawn's does like a, a, you know, pre-taped curtain speech ahead of time. Mm. And it actually says, this is exactly as Childress wow. wrote it. It's, it's a phenomenal work and one that, um, I look forward to hopefully this thing getting, um, more publicity because of this production and being done mm. around the country as well. That'd be great. All right. Moving on to some more news. Something that has been bubbling beneath the surface of a lot of Broadway conversations mm. is the fact that one of the biggest producers in Broadway, Jeffrey Seller, has stepped in to start backing the off-Broadway musical called Black No More, which will have its mm-hmm. world premiere with the new group starting in January. Now, this is based on um, a 1931 satirical novel by George Schuyler. I don't think any relation to uh, the Schuylers of the Hamiltons. Um, <laughs> but um, it's about a machine that turns black people white. Um, it is mm. co-written by um, Tariq Trotter, who is mm. the black, uh, thought. Mem- black Thought, who is one of the members of the uh, of the I got R&B, hip-hop, um, hip-hop group. Yeah. Uh, the Roots also was one of the co-producers of the Hamilton albums, all of them. He wrote the music and lyrics. John Ridley wrote the book. It has a phenomenal cast. Um, yeah. I'm going to go in alphabetical order of some of the bigger names. Walter Bobby, Jennifer Damiano, Brandon Victor Dixon. Um, we've also got Tamika Lawrence in there. Um, uh, uh, Ephraim Sykes, Katie mm-hmm. Thompson, Tariq, Tariq Trotter is actually in the show himself. Um, he is going to be playing the person who creates that machine. Uh, we also have Lilius White in there as okay. well. Um, Edward Watts and his um, and his wife, Sarah Meal, are also in it. Sarah's a, a friend of mine. Oh, so yeah, uh, yeah. so nice. they seem to do a lot of shows together, um, which is very cool. Um, so 
What's interesting about this is, according to Philip Boroff from the Broadway Journal, Jeffrey Seller has already raised $1.8 million um, out of a $3 million offering. Uh, this is according to a recent filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Obviously, Jeffrey Seller has a long history of investing in off-Broadway shows and then making them some of the biggest things in the world, mm-hmm. starting starting with things like Rent and Avenue Q, and then, of course, something called Hamilton. A little-known uh, little show. Yeah, this is a show that I think is following that trajectory and i think everybody everyone would be shocked if this thing is a bad and doesn't make it to broadway um last year um black thought said um on npr she said quote collectively we feel like this play has the potential to change the landscape of musical theater he performed a song that has like some hip-hop and some jazz in it um and i think this is a super interesting thing i love um, some of the stuff that I've seen at the new group, I love the fact that they're mm. kind of pushing, um, uh, pushing boundaries with this show. And yes. again, um, a really great group of folks. Scott Elliott is directing. Bill T. Jones mm-hmm. is choreographing. Uh, Bill T. Jones, of course, um, has done some really interesting work on and off Broadway over the years, especially, um, I just saw the, uh, the Spring Awakening reunion concert. He did the oh, original yeah. choreographies for Spring Awakening. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to this. I already have my tickets, as I mentioned before. I got them nice. um, uh, because Nina Ward, our friend from the press yeah. room, is a producer on this as well. And she posted a um, a notice like a month or so ago that they were doing a, a pre-sale on Today Ticks. So I got tickets there. I think oh, there are still some available if you want to go over there. So. All right, let's real quick just remind everybody about our Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. That is what keeps our lights on here at Broadway Radio. We're going to have some really interesting stuff this week. Not only the rundown of my second week of of, uh, of my New York trip, Jennifer McHugh and I uh, later in the week on Friday are going to break down our thoughts on all of the parade performances on both NBC Ooh, and CBS. Fun. Uh, yeah, and we will have some other stuff um, happening. In fact, the three of us... Uh, Ashley, Grace, and I will be having a roundtable about the theatrical things that we are most thankful for mm-hmm. from the year of our Lord 2021. So <laughs> some great stuff. Head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, Ashley, I'm going to real quick run through the list of kind of like theatrical happenings for this week. It's not a huge light list, week. obviously, because yeah, of, uh, yeah, because of the holiday. But the first one I mentioned at the top of the show, Lynn Nottage's new play, Clyde's, officially opens at the Helen Hayes Theater. It is currently scheduled to run through January 6th. It is directed by Kate Wariski and has a phenomenal cast led by three-time Emmy winner Uzo Aduba. It also features two-time Emmy winner Ron Cephas Jones. Three-time? I thought they were both two-time. No, she has two for um, Orange is the New Black, but also has one for In Treatment as well. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so she has um, third. Uh, uh, no, 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 I take that back. She won her third for Mrs. Mrs. America is what she won her third one for, for playing Ooh. Shirley Chisholm. Um, uh, but what's interesting about this is, and this I don't think this is a spoiler because people have seen that this isn't a review, Ron and Uzo are the two smallest parts in the five-person cast. So they're they're probably the most important parts, but they're the two smallest parts. Edmund Donovan, Riza Salazar, and Kara Young, who a lot of people saw in all the Natalie Portmans, are Mm -hmm. kind of the three leads, and they are all fantastic. Um, I would, at this point, die for Carrie Young, who has been in two of my favorite shows pre-pandemic. Well, Carrie Young and also... um, 
a halfway between halfway Street between Street Street. and yeah. Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said Carrie Young. Yeah, yeah, got it. I was just making sure I was understanding. Yeah. But yeah, so she's fantastic. Um, that show, I will have my thoughts on that. Um, maybe we'll record a little th- my thoughts on that Ooh. with with that afterwards. But go. that officially opens uh, on Monday. Then on Tuesday, a little play you might have heard of called Slave Play, the most nominated Tony <laughs> play in history and also the biggest loser in Tony history, um, will return uh, to the Broadway um, beginning on November 23rd for just 69 nice performances uh, on Broadway. Nice. Uh, nice. Um, so that'll happen on Tuesday. Also, the York Theatre Company will begin performances for its off-Broadway musical review called Cheek to Cheek, colon, Irving Berlin in Hollywood. It is conceived, choreographed, and directed by Randy Skinner with some um, really cool names in, in the show as well philip adamore jeremy benton mm-hmm. um, caitlin davis melanie moore um and some others um i kind of wish this had opened a, a week earlier because i kind of really would have liked to have seen that yeah. um also happening off broadway is love actually the unauthorized musical <laughs> question parody. Yeah. it is a question mark <laughs> yeah. um it is playing um uh, in new york city just through the holidays this is a show that has had a ton of success across the country um, in various performances and it's it's been in New York before uh, so it'll be playing for the holidays so make sure to check that one out um, then it's playing at the theater center um, also um, on Thursday if you hadn't heard it is the Thanksgiving um, which the is a holiday it's a, a holiday that I think uh, we are getting more and more increasingly uncomfortable with um, but the one thing we can't be excited about is the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade it was already announced that um, Six Moulin Rouge Wicked and Annie Live will all be performing um, during the NBC broadcast of the parade from 9 to noon Eastern time we'll also have performances from Kristen Chenoweth and Darren Chris, um, Jordan Fisher the Rockettes Girls 5 Eva and more but on Friday, it was also announced that on the CBS version of the parade, because they always have a couple extra Broadway performances, we will see performances um, from Waitress, including um, Jennifer Ooh. Nettles and Eric Bergen. And we will also have the cast of Chicago performing, including Anavia Fanye, oh, yes. Bianca Maraquin, Paolo Zott, uh, the, the aforementioned uh, Lilius White. Uh, and more. So um, add those to your list of things to check out and the list of things that Jennifer McHugh and I are going to have to talk about on Friday's <laughs> episode. And then finally this week on Sunday the 28th, um, along with Derek and Julianne Huff, uh, Ariana DeBose will serve as a co-host for the wonderful world of Disney's magical holiday celebration from uh, 7 yeah. to 9 a.m. on ABC. They will be, uh, Julianne and Ariana will be performing a medley of We Need a Little Christmas from Mame, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, Grandma got ran over, over from a rain mail. <laughs> Grandma got ran over by a rain mail. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. From a rain mail? I don't know what that is. Um, and Holiday, um, Kristen Chenoweth will perform a mashup for uh, Everyone's Waiting for the Man with a Bag and Jingle Bell oh, Rock. yeah. Darren Chris will also be on hand to perform Happy Holidays and the Holiday Season, as well as other folks, including Gwen Stefani, uh, Brett Eldridge, Nora Jones, and more. Good times. Yeah. Short, short little, short little schedule, but, uh, and I will absolutely be watching the parade over like my breakfast pumpkin pie or something. Nice. Very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. All right, and the final thing I want to uh, I want to recommend is Joshua Henry has a history of when he is doing shows of doing like um, remixes of stuff um, in the theater or in his dressing room before per- performances. He did it with Carousel. Mm-hmm. He did it with The Wrong Man. 
on uh, Friday or Thursday or Friday, he teased the fact that he might be bringing something maybe called the Pometer Preludes or Pometer's <laughs> Lounge. Um, he hasn't, he did a little thing, um, a very short Pometer, clip. Pometer Preludes is good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that as well. Um, so he will be bringing those back, uh, but he did do a little like 30 second um, teaser for that 24 seconds to be exact. Uh, so we'll have a link to that in the show notes. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. It's going to be a weird week, but we will always have shows here for it you always all is. week. But uh, if I don't talk to you directly, have a happy holidays. Um, or do we have an indigenous people alternative to Thanksgiving? Um, I'm I- just, yeah, I'll just, another indigenous people's day for that matter. Sounds good Why to not? Me. Sounds good. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, and we will talk to you tomorrow.